I was speaking to someone the other day and they said that they enjoyed podcasts more when the people didn't know what they were talking about. And I, I was this close to saying, well, hey, I've got a podcast that you need to listen to. Bonjour, je m'appelle Phil Smith. Bienvenue à Eurovision Sans Isolation. Yes, welcome to Eurovision in Isolation. I'm Phil Smith and this is our look at the French selection show for Eurovision 2021 uh, titled Eurovision C'est vous qui décidez. Uh, yes, this is our first show of the 2021 season. How's everyone feeling about Eurovision 2021? I just hope it happens. That's my overwhelming thought. Simon really, really doesn't want to see Eurovision shine a light too. No. Phil, I don't remember who was better at French at school, but um, translated you... Uh, said uh, Eurovision sans isolation, which would actually mean Eurovision without isolation. And I would just like to put it on the record that I fucking wish it was without isolation. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Eurovision dans oh. isolation. All oh, right. Well, start as you mean to go on. We're going to leave that as the take. Um, <laughs> so, yes, uh, this is the first of our uh, 2021 season. We're going to take a look in the first few weeks at some of the selection shows that are going on. I have selected five songs from Eurovision France, C'est vous qui décidez, uh, and we will give those songs a listen tonight and uh, cast our customary votes. Uh, I should say at this stage, I haven't included uh, the winner from Eurovision France, C'est vous qui décidez. Uh, so five non-winners, uh, and let's see how we get on. But before we do that, let's introduce our panellists. It's the Eiffel Tower himself, Alex Smith. Bonjour, Phil. Um, I, I sit here uh, sans excitement. Pardon moi, no, dans excitement. I'm in excitement, <laughs> not without excitement. The more I say it, the more money's going to have to leave your fuck up in the edit. To... <laughs> this is Have I Got News For You style, where Paul Murray oh. keeps bringing shit up, so it makes the, makes the cut. It has uh, to be. It's the first thing that Phil says. It's literally the intro to the, to the episode. <laughs> Le Arc de Triomphe. It's Dan Irvin. Ah, bonjour again, Phil. Le Louvre. It's Minnie Meyer. Salut, Phil. Motel F1. Bof, <laughs> d'accord. Okay, song number one comes from a band called Amui. They're a three-piece band from Tahiti, and this is their song, Mava. That was Amwee. So, Alex, why don't you talk us through this one? 
Thank you, Phil. And yeah, this is a uh, quite an infectious uh, sort of Shakira, Waka Waka style calypso, in the sense that that sort of has this overused lyric. There's not too much in the way of verses in this. It's just chorus after chorus after chorus of this uh, sort of Tahitian chant, almost. Some of the song is in French, but most of it is in Tahitian. Um, it's very catchy. It's very fun. It's the, the lyrics in French, from what I picked up with my limited knowledge of the French language, is things about joy and dancing and elevating yourself. So um, all, all quite positive and uplifting stuff. Um, my only kind of comment, and I don't know, because we, we, we dance around this quite often and some of us often um, sometimes embarrass oh, ourselves no. when we talk about these kinds of things. But when the Scandinavians, uh, you know, sort of make a nod to their Sami heritage uh it is after all them recognizing their heritage and their indigenous culture whereas of course this is sort of lifting uh and recognizing its sort of colonialist past and i don't know if that's a cause for celebration i don't know um like would would we the brits or the uk send i don't know a sort of overly caribbean influence number as a sort of celebration i don't know you know it's a I think it works here, and it is, as I say, it's quite a happy and celebratory song. But yeah, not not sure. I'd be interested to know what the panelists think. I would feel that the worst crime would be to um, omit them from this stage. If if France's uh, claim is that Polynesia, French Polynesia, is is part of France, then they've got to include them as part of France, surely, and they are with this. The only issue is when you try and represent a culture that isn't yours, as the UK found out in 2005 with their very Spanish sounding song. Drop like a bomb because that's not our culture. <laughs> um, anyone else have any thoughts on Maver? I, I did like this. It reminded me of Ale Ola Ale in its sort of like sense of fun that gets you smiling. I did think it sounded almost a little bit dated musically. I was like taken back to the sort of like 2014, 2015 holiday era, uh, but maybe that's a bit unfair. Maybe I did, that's I, just when you were going on holiday. Uh, maybe that's the last time I was allowed on holiday, yeah. Yeah. Um, Overall, I, I enjoyed it. I liked the the beach projection on the floor. I thought it was fun. There's always a constant like, is he going to step in the water? Oh no, he's not. Sort of intrigue to it. Um, it's been a was, long lockdown, isn't it? It's been a long lockdown. Yeah. Just, just the, the image of a beach now sets me off. I'm you know, <laughs> I'm halfway to happiness just looking at that sand. <laughs> Dan, what did you make of this one? Yeah. I've... It's very average, I thought. Um, it, it sounds fine. It's kind of a nice song. It might creep into your head when you're loading the dishwasher later, but it'll be gone by the time you put the tablet in. Um, if it made it to the final of, uh, of Eurovision, it'd be the kind of song that you wouldn't hate watching, but you probably, you know, you would probably wouldn't leave the room to go make a cup of tea, but you probably also wouldn't really pay much attention. You perhaps peruse your snack selection. You look mm -hmm. up and go, oh yeah, it's still on. Oh yeah, carry on. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. It struck me on first listen, but on second and third listens, it continued to 
sink a little bit for me. It just sort of lost any spark it had. There's all there is also one line in I don't know if it's the bridge or the chorus. I think it's sort of the bridge bit, which sounds a little bit like um, the Moldovan classic. <laughs> So we come to the main format point of the podcast, Do's and Nil Poirs. So would anyone like to give this song their Do's Poirs? Yes, Phil, I'd like to give this my Do's Poirs. I didn't get on with many of the songs this week, uh, and this song made me happy for a time. So for that reason, I'd like to give it my 12 points. Fair enough. Uh, any Nil Poirs for Amoui? Non. C'est vraiment, c'est score positif. Don't know if that's French. Hopefully our French listeners will correct me. So, as always, we'll play the prediction game. So just to briefly explain the format of Eurovision France, c'est vous qui décidez. Um, there, were, there were 12 acts of which eight made it to the final vote. So there were four that were eliminated and didn't place. Uh, so of the five songs that I have selected, uh, they placed third, sixth, eighth, and two were unplaced. So in the bottom four. So uh, Amoui and uh, Meva, where do we think this came? Uh, Dan? I'm going to go sixth. Okay. Good enough to be in the running, but not good enough to win. So the second best of the songs that we had. Yes. <laughs> you're doubting yourself now you've put it in that place, aren't you? <laughs> um, Simon, you're a fan of this one. Yeah, I can see myself picking up the phone for this. Metaphorically, obviously, I never pick up the phone for any of them. Um, so third. Okie dokie. So um, song number two. This one comes from Terence James with... Je t'emmènerai danser. 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 Pour ne pas oublier de vivre. Pour exister, pour être libre. Je t'emmènerai danser là-haut. Je t'emmènerai loin de tes barreaux. Mini, why don't you talk us through this um, this kilted wonder? Thank you, Phil. Yeah, Terence James has gone for the Eurovision by algorithm approach, throwing kilts, uh, topless men, a hula hoop in there. Simon, you uh, must have some harsh words about the hula hoop. This is something that you said you could do better than the people in Eurovision, isn't it? I, th- I don't think that's the exact quote. I think I, I stand by it. Don't impress me much. I'm Shania Twain here. Like. The the hula hooping, it's not an amazing spectacle. Yeah, I mean, I think it smacks of these people realised that their song was a bit shit. So they asked someone to get in an hula hoop. They asked Amui's dancers if they fancied sticking around. And if that doesn't work, we've got some pyrotechnics, by which I mean everybody was fired. (laughs) Cutting, but... Who's here to disagree? Uh, Dan, what did you make of this mock Scottish number? Well, firstly, Terence James is possibly the least cool name anyone has ever had. 
and he himself is a robot trying to dance while experiencing pain for the first time. <laughs> I definitely agree with Dan. He does. He sounds like he drives a van, doesn't he, Terence James? <laughs> I should say at this point, before before we go any further, Terence James is actually Scottish. He's uh, moved to France. Uh, I don't know if he's trying to make his career as a singer or a band driver. I haven't looked that far into him, but he is actually Scottish, which is why I think it sounds quite like a song that he's written for an A-level French test. I, I was going to say, like Dan was saying, like the most uncool sounding name. I was like, well, yeah, but if you, you know, if you consider how he would say it in French, it would be, you know, Terence Jamais or something, which is all of a sudden quite cool. But then really? you say, "Oh no, he's from Scotland," and it's yeah, yeah it's Terence James. Yeah, no, he's done, he's done that. He's done that Eurovision this year. Lawrence Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I didn't really enjoy this one too much. It's a bit, as Minnie said, Eurovision by algorithm, just throwing all this random bits and bobs together. Mm-hmm. To to think that the name of the song and his key lyric is, um, "I'll take you dancing." He he doesn't do much of it himself. You kind of feel like if you're going to lead with that, you got to have like an impressive dance. He just sort of has a two-step, side to side. Doesn't doesn't do much. Like you know, bring out the worm, mate, or something. <laughs> it's know. quite a it's quite a forceful phrasing of the term as well. It's not how you'd normally say like "let's go dancing" or yeah. "I want to go dancing with you." It's like it's like "you will dance with me" kind of yeah. thing. There's there's so much going on in the staging as well. I think like in in addition to all of the dancers on the stage with him, the amount of fire and pyrotechnics. Maybe this has been a, a long lockdown again, but I'm kind of I I imagine a kind of real powerful meatloaf style song if you're gonna if you're gonna bring out that much fire, and then here's this I'm kind of really softly spoken like fire fucking hoops and kilts dance it's all a bit uh it's all a bit softly softly you know fondly hand down the bra stuff wait what <laughs> fondly <laughs> hand down the bra sort <laughs> I, can i just say i don't think we've said a single word yet that's going to go in <laughs> should we just stop now <laughs> We haven't announced we're doing a season two. <laughs> we'll just we'll leave it there. Mini Mini can make it up from yeah. the off. Yeah, Mini, you know, see what you can do with that, and then uh, <laughs> we'll come back next week for another episode. I've done more with less. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the I'm lyrics like... now. Like, there's so many of the lines are the are the title, and then I see here uh, appelle moi. Has to play, which is "Call Me Please." He, he has "Call Me Please" as a line, I think, six times. Um, <laughs> "Call Me Please," "Call Me Please," "Call Me Please," "Call Me Please." I'll find you anywhere. Quite needy. "Call Me Please." <laughs> it's a bit needy's one word for it. Um, Lechi, another. Maybe maybe. Now, maybe now we know why he fled Scotland. <laughs> I can't tell you how disappointed I am that he's Scottish because I've done. Like I've prepared a whole smug bit talking about how cultural appropriation. No, no, the opposite. In fact, I was hoping someone would call it out for that because kilts are part of uh, French culture as well. They they were common in the Brittany area 
with a similar instrument to the bagpipes so the electro bagpipes also fit in as well so the fact that he is actually scottish and he's just taken all this stuff with him from scotland does disappoint me in it's it's ruined an opportunity for me to sort of sound smart and smug and there's nothing i like more than that <laughs> so the french can have the kilts as well as the scottish and but the, the bagpipes. but the slovenians can't have yodeling in the way that the swiss can it's just it's, I'm, it's I'm not running out. How does this work, Simon? Romanian, that's the one. Damn. It's 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 different because the, the Celtic presence was there in Brittany and they did have kilts. Sorry, are you saying that Romania doesn't have mountains, so they can't yodel? <laughs> yodeling's not about mountains. It's not like they, they weren't like yodeling in the Rockies. Yeah, they were. Have you not seen the Walmart yodeling kid? Yeah, I was going to say, he's famous. More famous than you, Simon. And you're our most famous, <laughs> famous member. Yeah, and fam- famous people are almost always right, aren't they? That's uh, the way that we, goes. We did, we did wonder, mate, whether you might qualify for the next series of Celebrities Go Dating. We also thought about sticking you on Cameo, you know, to do recorded messages for people for their birthdays. Yeah, um, I'd do that. I'd do that. What do, what do you think my going rate should be? Would it be a different rate for Simon the person? As opposed to Simon the character, <laughs> uh, they they are the same rate because as as we've discussed at length, they are indeed the same person. <laughs> I'm starting to believe you. I, I I say I say we put Simon Rickenback up for like five hundred pounds, and you know, if one person books him, you're they're like fucking hell, we're rolling in it. Simon, do you want to give her like a taster? Like if I was to say, wish me a, a happy birthday, here's fifteen pounds. What would you What would you do? Yeah, I mean, I suppose I'd probably, maybe what I would do is actually deconstruct the concept of Cameo because that feels like what the people would want. I mean, I, it would be like this, basically. <laughs> this, I am doing what I do to Minnie if Minnie paid for me to give him a birthday message on Cameo, which would be weird because we're, we're actually real friends. All right, so maybe we'll lower, lower that rate. £500 does <laughs> seem a bit much after that. <laughs> Shall I move on to do's and nil pois? Have we have we lost train of thought slightly? <laughs> we might have lost Dan. I think Dan <laughs> lost the world to live a bit. Dan's like, what the fuck is cameo? <laughs> do you know what? I was just googling it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, cameo aside, should we get back to Jutomonary Dancy? Just before we do, I've just been on cameo. Mm. Seventy-five quid. The owner of the hippo from Cincinnati Zoo. Oh it's shit! Fucking rip off, isn't it? Like, no, I love Fiona the hippo. She's great. It's just a zoo animal. Do you ever you, wonder you, why you this know? takes so long? <laughs> these recordings. I mean, I, to to try and bring us back onto uh, this, I wonder if there's any Eurovision stars on cameo. Cliff Richard Tenor. He's not on there. No, he's not on there. <laughs> no, he's not on there. They he's won't. They won't let him. Don't make me start bleeping things out again. Of course, if you're a fan of Cameo, give a listen to the Famous for 15 Quid podcast, also available on major platforms, where they discuss Cameo and play games, guessing the prices of, for example, Shaka Khan. Um, do's and nils, I think. Uh, do's pois for Monsieur Terence Hamiz. 
Nil pause for Terence James. Yeah, I said um, I said Terence James looks like a robot trying to dance while experiencing pain for the first time. Well, that's not pain from fire from the many pyrotechnics around him. It's pain from his Eurovision career imploding in front of his massive robot hands. This is pretty poor. Nil pois. Perfecto. Now, predictions. Uh, Terence James. Where do we think this came? Mini. Uh, unlike his fellow countryman, Lawrence Cheney, bottom of the pack, unplaced, I think. OK. Um, Alex? I think on the basis that the premise of the song is that he wants to take people dancing, which is something that we intrinsically cannot do at the minute. I, I assume you can't, one cannot do that in France either. Uh, I'm going to go bottom as well. OK. Fair enough. Not a lot of faith in we Terry James. <laughs> right song number three song number three comes from uh the catchly titled Vantayan juan le duo with petu medir Others may not think the same. Our duet enthusiast, Dan Irvin, is here to talk us through this one. Thank you, Phil, for that full introduction. I feel like the French really like going for this beach pool bar kind of vibe. And Jesse Matador's already been referenced once today. Um, But alongside that, we've got this on again, off again kind of vibe. (laughs) With two dead behind the eyes performers with just a fraction of the chemistry of our beloved Julian Ludwig. They perform in front of a big movable set piece that on the face of it looks really interesting, but it turns out just changes the colour of the background. <laughs> Realising the act's got no substance, Le Duo make an emergency move to play some steel drums. As we've mentioned before many times, no instruments are played live at Eurovision, and I assume that's the same here. Completely useless. Finally, confetti falls from the sky in a scene resembling when the actual winner performs again at the end of the big night. I guess it's a nice commiseration for them because they will never get to experience that for themselves. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dan, you have lampooned that better than I could have even hoped. Yeah, fully agree. But um, uh, Simon, you usually like songs. Yeah, I normally do like songs, but I don't think this one qualifies. <laughs> I've got a theory. So I think despite the lack of chemistry, they're actually a real world couple. And the I band is... The band is called 21 June because that's when they met. Also, I, 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 this did almost cause me to start a conspiracy theory because it's the same date that we, we get to come out of lockdown. So whenever I see the 21st of June, I'm like, that's, that's Freedom Day. Maybe, did they know? Were they instrumental in influencing the British government's policy? Is it a celebration for them? I just don't know. Or maybe it's because there's a, England are playing football on the 22nd of June. Who knows? I mean, I'm just reading the translated lyrics here because also I have no idea what they're talk- talking it's about, about. It's about climate change. Oh, is it? It's about, it's about the climate emergency. Minnie, uh, what did you detest the most about this one? Well, I don't think it's unpleasant. 
unless you find inane Europop particularly offensive, which I do. <laughs> it's the same thing for two minutes, uh, which is at least mercifully brief. Like Napoleon, uh, it's short, if nothing else. <laughs> so, douze uh, points. I mean, no one was uh, thrilled with praise for this one. No? Nil points. Yes, Phil. I'm giving this my nil points. I found it very uninspiring. You know the, the game in Takeshi's Castle where they run through the rooms with all the doors and then <laughs> some of them lead to water? <laughs> I was just really hoping that that would happen. <laughs> I've also got a nil poir. It's ironic that it's about the environment, considering this song was both toxic and a waste. <laughs> OK, um, so uh, two nil poirs uh, puts Putu Madir uh, pretty low down. I'm not sure if anything will do worse than that today, but we shall wait and see. Uh, predictions. Does anyone think this one might have done well despite our scores? Alex, you didn't give it nil point. Do you think it, it placed? Mm, middle of the pack, maybe eighth. <laughs> um, Dan. Yeah, this is unplaced, I reckon. Righty ho. Okay. So we move on to song number four. Song number four comes from the young French artist Philippine, and this is her song, Banon. Banon, mais oui, pour moi. Uh, for those that don't speak fluent French like I do, that was well known. But yes, for me, I think this song sounds really good. I think it's fresh. I think she seems uh, modern and and youthful, and the staging's really great with the with the blocks. And again, not musically. Minnie's not going to be able to do a a mashup of these songs, but it gives me uh, Lo Malo vibes, which are, for those of you not familiar with Lo Malo, it came second place in the Spanish selection for uh, 2018 Eurovision, but went on to be the big summer hit in Spain that year. So yes, it's it's got this sort of fierce female attitude that goes with it. And I'm a big fan. I think this song, um, could smash it at Eurovision. Uh, and I am intrigued to hear the rest of your views. So, Alex, why don't we come to you? Yeah, thank you, Phil. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. It, uh, sort of France following a similar track to um, kind of Italy and uh, Mahmoud from 2019 mm -hmm. with a kind of pop rap, intense kind of song. Um, I think it's quite empowering. I think it's quite good to have her as the lead singer having a male backing dancer sort of cavorting around her for once rather than the other way around, which as Minnie often points out as a Eurovision trope that we could really do without. Uh, so yeah, good good stuff. Quite liked it. Simon, what did you make of this one? 
Yeah, I, I, I did enjoy this one. I very nearly gave it my 12 points, actually. I, I changed my mind about 10 minutes before we started recording um, because I was listening back. And I, I, this week I've been listening to a lot of them on Spotify. And I thought the studio version of this is a lot better than the the performance on the night. I think the performance mm-hmm. is a little bit weak, actually. But overall, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the song. I, like Alex said, I enjoyed the messaging. It's, it's a song about a breakup. And like, banon is like a, a French phrase, right? That's like a throwaway, like, nah kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, no. Yeah, no. I would, yeah. I would translate it as, yeah. Yeah, um, which is quite a good, like, sort of message in this. It's like, oh, you thought there'd be a second chance, but yeah, no. That was a lot of the feedback on the night was that it wasn't necessarily performed brilliantly live. But that is, I guess, one of the sort of strange things about Eurovision. When you, if you're really diving into the the quality of the performance um, beforehand, or you've you've been paying a lot of attention and you can see that it's not been performed at its best, then great, you you're put off. But equally, the vast majority of viewers will be tuning in for the first time on Eurovision night, and whether they would know that this has been badly performed or whether it just sticks with them is 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 questionable. My prime example of that was Nikolai Yosef uh, in 2018 as well, I think. Uh, Lie to me. I, I love the, the studio version and live it just fell a bit flat for me, but public still lapped it up, came sixth or seventh, I think. Um, Mini. It's interesting you're saying that the performance maybe isn't as good as the studio version. I definitely thought the staging was better than the vocal performance. Um, I think she's got the the attitude down, but maybe not the vocal delivery. Also, I think the um, moment where she pushes the guy and he falls off the stage and kind of disappears mm. really makes up for some of the weaknesses in the song and would be quite a good Eurovision moment, I think. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was very clever, very good staging. It wasn't a moment that I saw coming. The moment the stage opened on Vantayan, Juan, Le Duo, like we knew that they, they were rotating those rooms, but um, I didn't see that she was going to push him off the block until she did. It was great. Iconic, you might even say. Right, okay. Douze points? Yeah. I'll be awarding this my douze points. Um, or as we were doing the French show, perhaps I should say 12 points. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyone else? Yep, um, this is a deuce point from me. I think if this were to go to the final, Banon would be um, a really good song because I think the lyric transcends any language barriers in particular. It kind of gets in your head. You don't need to go, what is that? Like um, with our friend Terence from earlier, I have no idea what that line is. Um, as somebody that speaks basically not a word of French, I've been listening to this song until now. You've now educated me on what Bannon means. But until then, I assumed it was about the former White House chief strategist, Steve Bannon. Um, <laughs> and still, I like the song. So, deuce point. Good to get the block back together, Dan. It feels fresh as well. It feels like something that um, you're not expecting France to send. You expect France to send Les Miserables. And if they're sending this this young girl who's telling this bloke to fuck off, like, that's surprising. That's good. I like it. Uh, it would have. It absolutely would have got my twelve points out of this uh, this selection uh, of songs. Um, predictions then, uh, Mini. Where do you think this one came? Yeah, I think yeah. this will do well. I'm going to say third. 
Okay. Simon? Yeah, sixth for me. I think it will do well, but, but not brilliantly. That said, uh, I, I'm now questioning the depth of musical quality I think there is at the French selection show that this there were five songs better than this. <laughs> so um, we come to song number five. Chanson numéro trois? Non? Cinq. Chanson <laughs> numéro cinq. Uh, and I believe we still have uh, one douze point and one nil point left to assign. So, uh, as ever, song number five is divisive. And it comes from Pony X. And this is Amour Fou. Pony X! Simon, why don't you talk us through this? Do the pony. We are encouraged in this Anglo-French feel-good mashup with our lead man, presumably Mr. X, because he's not the pony, driven mad by love. It's complete with a horse on the decks designed by someone with a My Little Pony fetish that answers the question of what Daft Punk are going to do next. <laughs> Unfortunately, the whole thing's been designed to appeal to the TikTok generation by someone who's only had a passing explanation of it. It's fun, but more in a LMFML way than an LMFAO way. I'm afraid this pony is only good for the glue factory. <laughs> Used all my jokes in one go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, damning from uh, Simon, as you should probably be called during the French episode. Uh, Alexandre. Uh, yeah, it's a bit paint by numbers Eurovision, this one. What with the pink jacket, the permatan, the dancing girls and a uh, man with a horse on his head on the synth in this case, rather than what was he in the last one? Up a ladder. Um, yeah, not not for me. I mean, David Louise not getting a game at Arsenal at the minute, but doesn't mean he should come and do Eurovision for for France. However, the, I think they're the hosts in the in the uh, in this um, selection show, and the judges yeah. are all nodding along to this one and all quite happy with it. So I, I don't maybe maybe uh, it's it's in, intrinsically popular in in French culture, and this is just something that we stoic, moody Brits don't understand. I don't know, but uh, not not for <laughs> me. But it may well have done well in France. Dan, I don't think we've heard your view on. This little pony. No, Pony X, or is it is it Pony Dis? Do you think with a Roman numeral? Because you wouldn't want to write that down. Of course, that would be uh, that would spell Pony Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> it took me quite a few listens not to absolutely hate this song, and that's not to say I like it. But everything from the bright pink suits to the donkey DJ just gives off a vibe that <laughs> we think we're better than we actually are. Having mm. got past that. Pony Dicks uh, utilises a wide vocal range over some cool disco beats. The bright colours, though, remind me of that Simpsons episode where there's a, um, they go to Japan and there's a Japanese cartoon that sends everyone into epileptic fits. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, though, thinks it's better than it is. Still a fair assessment. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think, like, 
with the staging and with the LMFAO style presentation, this song needs to be catchier to work. And it's just not catchy enough. Like this should be a full out cheese fest that you are just going to be singing forever. And it's not that for me. The song is too forgettable. So do's and nil. Uh, Minnie, I think you've still got your do's out. Yeah, I'm going to give my do's to Luke Besson's Godfather remake. Uh, You're right. It is just a donkey dancing around. There is nothing apart from that. It's very much the glue, if you like. But when I look back on these five songs, that is what I'm going to remember. Put it down to my lockdown attention span. (laughs) And Alex, you've got your nil point. Yeah, I'll give it my nil point. I uh, it's it's just a bit it's it's a, do you know what this is this is overproduced to the point where it all is just a bit insincere. Everything about it is is insincere and cringy and sleazy. And there's a fucking dancing donkey. Okay, right then. <laughs> Predictions. Where do you think this came? Now, a couple of people have already sort of suggested songs that they think are the non-qualifiers. So, um, Simon, do you think this one places? Uh, no, I think I smacked this pony. Uh, I think it's un- unqualified. Uh, Mini, place or not? Yeah, I think this horse has come in middle of the pack. Eighth. Okay. Right, so... There's nothing left for me to do but tell you where these songs placed. So, uh, shall I start from the bottom and go to the top? The two songs that didn't place, you'll be uh, happy to know, were Terence James with Je Tomanore Danse, but also Philippine with Banon. Oofed. Indeed. Eighth place was Petumadir uh, by Vanteon Juan Le Duo. Sixth place was Amoui with Meva. And our third place song in the French selection show was Pony X or Dis with Amorfu. Does, does that give you faith that the French have selected uh, their best possible song to enter this year? I don't think it does. No. <laughs> Of course, they will they will qualify directly for the final. So uh, if you're not a semi-final viewer, you will definitely hear the winning song, which was Barbara Pravi with Voila, um, which beat out one. Seriously? Oh my god. Uh, Simon, I share your pain. Um, We will look forward to tearing apart Barbara Pravi's voila for another day. But until then, it's uh, goodbye from the panelists. Goodbye. 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 Au revoir. And it's au revoir pour moi. And to play us out, Oh, yo, 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 hey. Ah, fuck it. Shit bags. Fuck it. Fucking hell. I'm not sure if this is too harsh, but the burnt down wreckage of the Notre Dame 
Simon Rook back. Probably cut that. <laughs> the Port of Calais. <laughs> Dunkirk. <laughs> and the Carrefour. What are some great French things? They have motorways. Do the French like their children? <laughs> I'm looking forward to the end of the episode that's just Phil listing shit French things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could include all of their previous Eurovision entries. Let's start there. After an advert for the North Face. No, this is an advert for the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra 5G. Ah! I mean, you're very brave if you think this tedium is going in. 